0: We talked for a while, and I was really into this guy. We decided to finally hang out, but he said I had to pick him up since he didn't have a car. That should have been my first clue. I went to pick him up, and the first thing he does when he gets in the car is pat my belly and say, a little too much beer, yeah? You're going to have to lose that if we date. I kicked him out of the car and went to get ice cream. Welcome to Last Saturday Night. I'm your host, Jamie. I hope you have had a great week. I have had a pretty good one. I am a football fan, and I'm a fan of the Atlanta Falcons. So, you know, I'm currently in therapy, but it could explain why I'm still a Falcons fan. You kind of have to be a little crazy to still be one. But we are in awesome 0 2 so that's great. I hope your team is doing quite great, if you're a football fan. This episode, we're going to be discussing Episodes 3 and 4 of Saturday Night Live, Season 2. They occurred in October of 1976. And um, this is the first of, three, of the three episodes remaining that Chevy Chase will be a part of in Season 2 of Saturday Night Live. It's been really weird, this first few episodes with him being on the show. Apparently, in the very first episode, they said he hurt himself, so he has been out for episodes two and three, but he came back for episode four. But it was it was a lie about him getting hurt in the first episode, I think. He was trying to prove a point as to how important he is to the show. In that time that he was away, Jane Curtin did the weekend up- update and she was great. But, um, he's back in this episode and I will never understand his humor and why people thought he was so great at that time. But, um, He soon shall be gone and Bill Murray will be in. And I can't wait for Bill Murray to get on the scene, but he won't be on Saturday Night Live until January of 1977 in the second season. But we still have a few more episodes before he comes on. But I don't know if Chevy Chase would have been able to get away with lying about where he's been these last few episodes um, in 2022. It just wouldn't have, it just wouldn't have, you know, worked. Now, um, gossip worked very differently back then. So, um, we only have three more episodes of him. So, yay! But this should be a good episode. We have a few things to talk about. So, let's get into it. step, we're going to talk about Earl Butts, who made a ridiculous racist joke that I mean, I can't believe it was said, but I just yeah (laughs) yeah, You just wait till you hear it, but anyway, he was a, a Secretary of Agriculture under Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford he favored corporate farming and an end to New Deal programs Which means he just he didn't believe in welfare, basically. So he was on a plane with Pat Boone and Sonny Bono, who were both entertainers, and former White House counsel John Dean. They were leaving the 1976 Republican National Convention, because remember, this is an election year. I'm giving you a direct quote from the October 18th, 1976 issue of Time. And I'm just going to read it. Butts started by telling a dirty joke involving intercourse between a dog and a skunk. Oh, it gets worse. When a conversation turned to politics, Boone, who was a Republican, questioned why the party of Lincoln was not able to attract more blacks. Butts responded with a line so obscene and insulting to blacks that it forced him out of the cabinet and upset the whole Ford campaign. He said, I'll tell you what the coloreds want. It's three things. First, a tight pussy. Second, loose shoes. And third, a warm place to shit. After some indecision, Dean said the line in a Rolling Stone article but he said it was by an unnamed cabinet officer. But New Times magazine figured out Butt's identity by checking the itineraries of all the cabinet members. I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you about <laughs> about this joke. There's there's many awful things that people say, but. This is just just wow. But the surprising thing to me, above it all, was that they did force him to resign. I mean, you know, he's he said, "How many times were things like that said by him prior to this that wasn't heard by a reporter? that That's what I was thinking because this wasn't new. He just got caught. Most of the papers reporting this, didn't actually run what he exactly said. They they made it a little less crude because that's actually what I was reading prior to actually getting the real quote. I was getting the sanitized version of it. But um, some newspapers did publish it unchanged. They said, some people said it was a warm to- toilet seat you know, that they just wanted women, but no. Most of the newspapers tried to clean it up, but it it didn't work. Um, he eventually died in 2008 at the age of 98, and as the ancestors like to say, evil doesn't die easily. But um, yeah, this is this is what was being said in the White House. And I'm sure this wasn't the first time. He also made a pope joke in 1974 and mocked the Italians by saying, he no play of the game, he no make of the rules. So that was in 1974. So, I mean, you know, this man was just an outright racist. (laughs) So, yep, he's out of there, but he died. He lived a long life with all that evil. But they made a, a joke about it on um, the Weekend Update. So this is why I'm mentioning it here. And this this election year in 1976, it, it's been a lot. So I've, I've learned a lot about what was happening at that time, and of course, nothing has really changed since then. But that's Earl Butts. The next thing we're going to talk about is red dye number 4. It was banned in September of 1976 because it may cause urinary bladder polyps and atrophy of the adrenal glands. This was being used in red cherries and just in, in candies at that time. I just went down a rabbit hole of all the red dyes that have been banned, and red dye number one was banned in 1961, red dye number two was banned in February of 1976, and red dye number four was banned in September of 1976. And they were all banned because the FDA couldn't make a definitive opinion about the dyes causing cancer. They were causing cancer in rats, but the tests were all inconclusive for humans, but they decided to ban it at that time. And when red dye number four was banned, for about 10 years, apparently there wasn't any red candy. Um, I, I was alive, but I can't remember whether or not I ate red candy at that time, but m ms had to figure out another way to make their red m ms Apparently, it was, a, it was a big deal back then. But I bring this one up because there, Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin did a sketch about this, about red dye number four. And they just basically <laughs> made a joke out of it saying the rats are okay, that they're doing fine. But then you cut to underneath the lab them taking out like 20 dead rats. All fake, of course, but... They, they made a, a, a joke about it. But we still can use apparently red dye number three, which is used in everything from sausage to maraschino cherries. But red dye number three was caused, found to cause DNA damage in human liver cells in vitro. And it's apparently comparable to the damage caused by a chemotherapy drug whose whole purpose is to break down DNA. But we're we're still able to use red dye number three today. Apparently it's banned in cosmetics. So we can't put it on our skin, but we can put it in our bodies. Now, I, I'm a person who loves to eat, and I'm usually not very discriminatory about what I put in my body. I, I love candy corns. I'm the ones that keep them in market. But it does make you wonder kind of what what are you putting in your body and what what will have long term effects on you? I just I think I think about the lead, which I mentioned a few episodes ago and how they finally figured out that that was harming us. A best asbestos. You know, my father grew up in a high school filled with it. So. It just makes me think about people who seemingly get cancer out of nowhere, who don't present with vices, you know, they don't drink a lot, they don't smoke a lot, but yet they get cancer. So it's just something to think about what you're putting in your body. The FDA can only do so much and they are influenced by outside sources also. So. Just think about that. Red dye number three is still out there. The other red dyes have been banned for for reasons that are, are good. So that's your lesson on health today. <laughs> the final big news story that I want to talk about from 1976 that occurred around these episodes of Saturday Night Live is the Muhammad Ali match against Ken Norton. Um, they had a third match september twenty eighth, nineteen seventy six at Yankee Stadium. And it was their, like I just said, their third match completed their trilogy, I suppose. Um, Ali was thirty four at that time, and he was the heavyweight champion. And their first two fights, Norton won the first one. Ali won the second one, but it was very close decision in the second one. So, Ali won this one, and it was a decision made by the officials, unanimous, and he kept his heavyweight title. But it's always been a little controversial because people said that Norton was actually robbed of this one, that that Ali actually didn't win. But Ali said during an interview at that time, he said, Kenny's style is too difficult for me. I can't beat him, and I sure don't want to fight him again. I honestly thought he beat me in Yankee Stadium, but the judges gave it to me, and I'm grateful to them. But Norton was a little bitter. He said, I won at least nine or 10, roo- ten rounds. I was robbed. So um, this was nearing the end of Ali's time as a fighter. But um, I just bring it up because earlier this year, I watched um, the documentary made by Ken Burns on Ali. And I'm just going to toot it out there. If you haven't seen it, it is the best comprehensive look at Ali that I've I've ever seen. And it it, it shows the good, the bad, and everything in between about this magnificent man. And it, it just it made me cry at the end. But um, if you've ever watched a Kim Burns documentary, you know they're very well researched and... They are not to me there's no slant to it. He prevents he presents the facts as they are, whether they're good or bad. Um, his his documentary on Vietnam is exceptional, but I digress but um yeah, I just I think I didn't see this match. I'm going to look it up on YouTube and watch it. But I think, you know, by the strength of Ali, they they probably did give it to him. But I do like the fact that he said, you know, the judges gave it to me, but he didn't think he won. But they mentioned it because they had um, on Saturday Night Live, Garrett Morris played Ken Norton. And he basically was complaining that he was robbed of the fight and that Ali didn't deserve to win. So, yeah, throwing a little sports for you. Go watch... Ali by Kim Burns. Very, very, very good. All right, now for a little bit about the host and musical guests of these two episodes of Saturday Night Live. Episode three occurred on October 2nd of 1976, and it was hosted by Eric Idle. He's an actor, comedian, musician, and a writer. He was a former member of Monty Python. I thought he was pretty good. He was funny. He already had the comedian job. So this was the first of his four hosting gigs, and he got him at least the first hosting gig because he told Lauren Michaels, who was in a desperate plea to get to, to get the Beatles on, that he would bring the Beatles. But of course, he did not bring the Beatles. He created a group called the Ruddles, and they performed. <laughs> so <laughs> it was actually pretty funny but um yeah and this is also Richard Belzer who was the show's warm-up comedian at that time he makes an appearance in the cold open impersonating Chevy Chase because in quotations Chevy Chase was out so if you don't know who Richard Belzer is he's much from Law & Order SVU so he was on it I didn't even recognize him didn't even recognize him he looks the same but he doesn't look the same Joe Cocker also performed he sang you are so beautiful and feeling all right and of course John Belushi duet with him during um, feeling all right in episode four Karen Black hosted she was an actress and a singer We may know her as the mother and house of a thousand corpses. I never really heard of her before, but apparently she was part of what they were calling New Hollywood in the 60s, late 60s, 70s and 80s. And New Hollywood was when the directors were taking more control of the movies than the studio. They were just now coming out of the whole studio system. So she was she was part of that. She goes on to host Saturday Night Live one more time after this. Her musical guest was John Prine. He's a singer of country folk music and he the thing that made me sad about him was this man overcame cancer twice to die from COVID in 2020 at the age of 73. I just thought that was heartbreaking. But, um, yeah, those were the hosts and musical guests, and everybody was pretty good. I enjoyed everyone. Karen Black and her episode brought her actual son out to go through a history of mothers when she was doing her monologue. And Eric Idle just really treated Saturday Night Live basically like Monty Python so it was entertaining it was an entertaining time so we have two more episodes of Chevy Chase and then I won't have to talk about him again until he hosts and you guys may not know it but Chevy Chase was banned from Saturday Night Live but we'll get all into that Um, we've come to the end of the show and I need you to like subscribe follow do all the things I'm on all platforms more than Apple more than Google more than Amazon more than Spotify just look me up wherever you listen to podcasts last Saturday night is there I also need you to tell me what you were doing last Saturday night remember it doesn't have to be literally last Saturday night but just tell me something interesting about a weekend you've had so I can put you on the show like others have been on the show Thank you for listening and you have a great week. Make good decisions.